Hey there, amplifiers. You know, far too often we have this idea. Uh, we get this struck by a passion of something, and we we just have this idea, and we we want to put it out there. We want to create it, but then we don't know how to connect the dots. And a lot of times, people have these these passions and these aspirations to move something forward, but they don't have the plan or don't know which actions to take in order to get those ideas into action. And our guest today is someone who really was struck by a challenge that she saw, and she was inspired to really take that passion project and really turn it into a successful business. She's a rock star professional, and she's been doing some amazing things in the community, and it's the ripple effect is huge. So I'd like to welcome Growth Amplifiers, the Chief Executive Officer, and founder at the Giving Closet Project, Jennifer Smith. Jennifer, welcome to Growth Amplifiers. Hi, thank you for having me, Kenny. I'm excited to be here. Thank you. Excited to have you on. And as mentioned, kind of gave a little bit of a set of, you know, what people tend to experience. They see something, maybe they get excited about it. Maybe they want to make a difference, but then getting it into an actual successful endeavor, a lot of people don't make that transition. So if we could just start off by telling us a little bit about your background and how you came up with this initial idea in the first place. What was the story to get you get you there? Awesome. Well, um, just a little bit about my background. I am a former educator. Um, all I ever wanted to be in life was a teacher. And so when I graduated college in 05, there was a teacher shortage in Duval County. Um, I graduated from UNF and I ended up making Jacksonville my home. Um, I worked inner city for my first five years and it was eye-opening and college doesn't prepare you for the, the real life classroom. I mean, from classroom management to just everything. I mean, no day in your classroom is ever the same. And over the last few years of teaching, um, I just saw a huge increase in student homelessness. Uh, my students weren't and no longer they were no just living at the shelters, you know, they were living out of their vehicles, motel living was becoming the norm, living in wooded encampments with no running water or electricity. And as a teacher, you know, when you're spending seven, eight plus hours a day with your students, you you get attached to them, you know, those are like your kids. And it's not just the academics we're providing for them in the classroom, it's you know. We're, we're playing that motherly role. We're nurturing, making sure their physical needs are met. And, you know, it's not just school supplies. You know, when students are coming to school with shoes that are two or three um, sizes too small, you're going to chip in and you're going to make sure that they get shoes that fit. Or in the wintertime, if they're without a jacket, you're going to chip in with other teachers and make sure that they have jackets. Um, so for me, I had a young lady in my classroom who was not coming to school regularly. Um, even when she was coming, she was sleeping a lot more in class and she was getting bullied and picked on a lot because she was wearing the same outfit over and over again. And it, she opened up to me finally after I parked next to her and her mom in the parking lot one morning at my school and they were homeless and no longer were they living in the motel, but they were now sleeping in the car and living out of the car. And yeah. And meanwhile, here I have car rider duty this semester, 
And it dawned on me that for years, I've seen the custodians at my school, you know, think about a lost and found pile at a school, right? Kids leave stuff everywhere. A lot of it's jackets, but where do they leave them? They leave them on the playgrounds, on the basketball courts, you know, on the floor, somewhere in the hallway. And a lot of the jackets that were left outside, you know, it's Florida, it rains a lot, um, would be left outside. So then you'd have wet jackets get thrown in this pile, uh, dirty jackets. You would have lunch boxes that were left around the school with food in them get put in this pile as well. And so it would get to a point where students would be like, I don't want to walk past there. I don't even care if I lost it. I don't want it. It's gross. And unfortunately, because of the mildew and the bugs and everything, it would get to a point where the the, the school would have no option but to go ahead and toss it. And meanwhile, I started thinking, man, what if we, you know, organized this lost and found area and created a system like whatever's not claimed, instead of throwing it away, we get it professionally laundered and give it to students in need. So this is how this all started, was this idea. And when I got this idea, I got goosebumps, and I'm like, I think I could do this. So I um, it was getting ready to get tossed out. It was April, oh my gosh, it was a Friday in April 2016, April 22nd. Was it 22nd? It was Earth Day. And I bagged up 22 garbage bags, not just little trash bags, big ones, 22 garbage bags filled with all the unclaimed clothing that really just had it, it needed to go. Um, and I drove around until I found a cleaners to clean this for us. They didn't do it for free, but for just a few hundred dollars, they ended up professionally cleaning ever, all the clothing from that, just one lost and found. And that's when it dawned on me, like this was just one school. I could do this on a much larger scale. Um, but it all started with the vision. And then when I got the support of my school, they're like, what do you think that, what are we gonna do? Of course, it was gonna involve racks and eventually I wanted a washer and dryer. And of course I ran into all this red tape. You can't get a washer and dryer. You can't do this. How are you gonna do this? Parents are gonna be, how are you just gonna give away somebody else's clothes? You, had, you, you have all those people that are like, oh, you can't do this. And when you hear that enough times, a lot of people are gonna say, you know what? Maybe you're right. And they throw in the towel. That wasn't me. I didn't let that deter me in one bit. That's pretty much where a lot of people will start letting that idea get a little bit colder. And before you know it, they're distracted and they're on to other things. And it, it takes some motivation and some inspiration to really have the energy to push through that. So how did you push through that? What were the what motivated you to get beyond the red tape? My students, my class that year. Um, I think my excitement for this was just contagious in a way that my students were involved. And when we saw the difference that clean clothes and everything made for my student Chloe that year, it was eye-opening. And we used to have like these class meetings and my students did not let me give up. As much red tape as I came across that year, I didn't stop. Not only did I not stop, I drew it all out. I drew out a plan and I started a 501c3 and I stayed up really, really, and my kids, that my students, they knew. They're like, Miss Smith, you're really tired today. Like, yeah, I was up pretty much all night working and just, I, I drew out a, a vision, you know, a plan, what this could look like and where it could go and 
I researched um, how to start a 501c3 and I had my dad kind of help me um, with that. And I did one month later, I got the approval letter letter from the IRS saying that the giving closet project was now its own entity. And that's where the real work then began. <laughs> how is this <laughs> going to work? Here I am a teacher starting an organization. Um, and no, it was not an easy road. And so where we have come in five short years, it has evolved to so much more than just upcycling of a lost and found. And you've really taken that that small passion project and grew it to a much larger vision. Because I could be wrong, but I don't no, think that was that wasn't the vision that you initially started out with. It you had the core vision and then as things started to grow and and take shape, you saw a completely different path and new opportunities started to introduce themselves. So what has shifted? What are those changes? What has taken you from that initial plan to where you're at now? Realizing that sometimes things don't always go as planned and that's okay. And the doors that didn't open, I mean, here I had this grand plan. I'm going to do this at every school. And yeah, no, you run into red tape. You're a Duval County employee. How are you going to run a nonprofit that operates out of schools? Are you just going to take all these clothes? So what do I do? I start reaching out to district staff. I start helping writing policy. I start reaching out to school board members. Um, I really try to figure out my exit plan for the school district. Um, you know, as a Duval County employee. And then, of course, fundraising and putting together the structure of a business model for what I had created. And it worked, you know, not everything at once. You know, I thought I was going to get grants right when I started writing grants. No, a lot of 501c3s don't get money right in the first few years. So then I had to put on my first golf tournament to raise a little bit of money. And from there, now we've had three very successful golf tournaments and grants started, started to finally come in, um, you know, building the board of directors and making sure that you have the right board members that also share the same passion for what it is you're doing um, is instrumental. You know, we've had a lot of turnover with the board. And you know what? I think it's all part of the process and understanding where things need to go. Um, you know, I'm a visionary, but at the same time, it's good to have people that reel me back in and say, this is great. Let's hold off for this for maybe a couple years down the road. Let's focus on this now. You know, you don't want to go too big, too fast. So it is, there, there's been a lot of, um, give and take, uh, putting the brakes on some things and yeah, but I, out of all of it, there's been many days many things that have come up where I probably should have quit. I never stopped. You can't fail if you never give up. Right. So. And that's kind of a lesson that sometimes we need to rehear and be reminded of because you've probably heard of Simon Sinek, the power of why. Yes. And yes. I, I think you're living testimony of just how powerful it is to have a strong why behind what it is you're doing, pushing you forward. You know, you're, you really can connect with your students. You see the transformation that's happening in their lives and 
on those times where it's like, you know, uh, I got other things I could be doing. It's having that strong enough passion back there to, to push you through those challenges and those potential blocks. I tend to see a lot of people taking the path with least resistance. And while you don't want to just run into walls all the time, right? Right. Sometimes you've got to work through those, the resistance and be consistent to focus on that. And that's really when breakthroughs happen. That's really when things to start to transform. Mm -hmm. Because if, if you're constantly, if someone's constantly looking for the path of least resistance, they're going to be kind of like flight of the bumblebee. They're all over the place. Wow. And it's really hard and, to get that, that focus. And people say all the time, I don't know how you've done this, Jen, like seriously. And it, in the first few years, the first two years were definitely the hardest. Um, you know, here I was a newly single mom. I was doing this. Everyone's like, you should be focused on your own kids. You're working crazy hours. Are you eating? Jen, you just ended up in the hospital. When you are starting a business, I, I am a firm believer that you're going to live your life in a way for the first few years that most people wouldn't, you know, but at the same time, I'm now seeing because I ran a little bit and everyone's like, oh, you should always walk before you run. No, I kind of just went running. I did. And then I would be at a stop and I'd reassess. Then I'd run again and stop. And I'm really now trying to do better with finding a work-life balance. Um, as much mm -hmm. as I love the Giving Closet Project, it is my life. It is my baby, but it is not my entire life anymore. Um, I've, I'm helping others start their own nonprofits. I'm doing consulting work with the Florida After School Network right now. And it, my organization, the nonprofit world, has opened up so many doors and has introduced me to so many great influential people and philanthropic organizations and other people throughout the city and the state and even the nation. And it's been an exciting journey. Yeah. Really cool to hear. Now for someone who's tuning in and they may have had their, their flashing brilliant idea pop in their mind. They may have even taken the first steps of putting it into action, but they didn't quite make it far enough for it to get roots and really take it forward. What advice might you share with someone who has maybe that feeling in their heart that they want to do that, but just can't see how it's all going to connect. They can't see how they can take that idea and really make it work based on where they're at right now. I say, you know what? If you are feeling that gut feeling inside, you know in your heart that this is something that you're supposed to do, but you might not know how to quite get there, pray about it. Reach out to a local chamber. You know, the Jack's, Jack's Chamber has a phenomenal course called Jack's Bridges. It's eight weeks where you can take an idea and develop it into a business plan and even get other people to help you brainstorm, you know? Um, I'm telling you, you're going to reach out of 10 people that you reach out to, probably eight out of 10 are going to say, ah, oh, no, oh, that already exists. Oh, no. You know what? No, you, if it's in your heart, I say go for it um, and don't give up. And even if you've started it and you felt like you've come back for do some digging internally and figure out why you stopped. Was it because people were saying you don't have what it takes or you can't do this or because you can do anything you put your mind to. 
honestly. Super cool. I really can appreciate getting some fresh perspective because that a lot of the times is why we have trouble seeing beyond what we know. We only know so much. We only have so many cards we've been given. So we've kind of got to get some new cards in our hand to be able to play a better hand. And, and it's, getting, all, it's your mindset. If you have a mm-hmm. negative mindset, you're not going to succeed. You got to, you have to change your mindset and you have to keep certain, I can't do this. I can't, you have to change your mindset. You can, you can, and there's a will, there's a way I promise you. And, and just because it doesn't come clear to you in the first day or week or even year, pieces will start to come together. For me, it's like this puzzle, like all these things weren't, I'm like, why is this not happening? Why is this not working out? And now I'm like, now that makes complete sense to me. And it's like this puzzle is finally coming together with all these pieces that at the time didn't make sense to me. Now it's making sense. Only took five years, but. (laughs) Keep on pursuing. Now, I I like the, the idea that if someone's kind of running into challenges and they're not sure of the path just kind of even mentally saying to themselves you know i can find a way to make this work right you might not know what it is but there you're making that conscious decision to s- declare how, how you want to show up in that and seek conscious help. Decision, right? it is okay to not know everything i don't know everything and i there's no way i would have made it this far by myself there are people who I met when I was in one spark three years ago who ended up joining my board and guiding me. I mean, there's people who are experts in other areas. And yes, I'm the visionary, but I need a team of people around me that have different skill sets and different mindsets to help me take things to the next level. And it's okay to ask for help when you need it. That's, I, yeah. I, I applaud yeah. that. It's it, There is a mindset shift that sometimes we've got to get over the ego and saying big time i I need to ask for help and sometimes the more accomplished that we've been in the past that can kind of make us feel like oh i shouldn't need help but everyone needs help Uh, successful people need help everyone has their own blind sides yes um along your journey if you if you could turn back time and maybe make a change now i realize i'm not looking for a regret here because i realize sometimes our missteps can teach us things and guide us to where we're at now, but we're just playing this um, little game here. If you had to think about something that you did and maybe you would have done it a little bit differently playing this game, what might that be? I probably would have asked for help sooner. You talk about the ego thing. Mm -hmm. Oh, you know, I've been one, I, I've been told for you, Jen, you got to learn how to delegate. You got to learn how to delegate. But there's a part of me that always feels like, man, the only way this is going to get done if I do it. No, I need to be very intentional with the people that I keep in my circle and my, uh, you know, sphere of influence and ask for help. You know, I thought I, I thought I could do it all my own in the beginning. I did maybe a few helps. And then here I, I was, I did, I ended up getting really sick. I, it was a very stressful time and I lost a lot of weight. I ended up in the hospital and it was stress. My it, goodness. Was stress. <laughs> it was just working around the clock, you know? And I realized I couldn't do that anymore. It was time to kind of slow it down. You know, I was like, but cities are calling me all over in Florida. And the, it's okay. Add them to a list. 
You know, I expanded. <laughs> I serve all of Duval County. I expanded to Palm Beach. Everyone's like, why Palm Beach? There's a story there. But um, even that, I probably expanded a little premature. But at the same time, we're there and we're thriving. But now it's time to kind of hit pause again and figure out the best infrastructure for scaling out um, throughout Florida and eventually nationally as well. So kind of where I'm at now. I still don't have it all figured out. And that's okay. It's okay okay to not have all the answers. It's a good thing. So thank you, Michael Seals, for commenting in uh, and agreeing with that statement. I'll I'll share with you, Jennifer, that, you know, that's that's a thing that I see a lot of people struggle with. I've been on that bandwagon myself where trying to determine when when is it time to pass things off. Right. Because you've got to do some things initially. You got to wear many hats when you're getting started. But then there comes a time when you've got to pass things off and you can't do everything. You can't just keep on adding more to your list. Otherwise it becomes crushing. So we've got to build a team and it can be, it can be challenging to do that. So if if you're listening in now and you're thinking, you know, I I couldn't add more to my list. I'm kind of maxed out as it is, but I still would want to do this. That's really where you've got to start thinking what's one thing you could do to delegate something, get something off your plate to free yourself up. And some people get blocked because they think, Oh, I need to hire a full-time person and I can't afford that person. And they they're overthinking it. So my suggestion for you is, is uh, who's tuning in. If you're not ready to take that step, even just starting with one thing and maybe finding a virtual assistant or working with somebody that's already on your staff just to free up your time so you could show up and start doing other things. Baby steps. It's crawl, walk, run, right? And finding other like-minded people. That's been one of my biggest frustrations too, is as I grow and I would go and sit at the nonprofit centers and join these CEO confidential meetings. I, I didn't find myself in a room with other entrepreneurs or CEOs who, who grew and it's like everybody already had their staff. And I felt like my questions weren't the same type of questions that everybody, I was, I'm in a different place, you know, mm-hmm. um, and like building that staff. And it's like, I really want to get connected with people who have done it, you know, from the ground up and, you know, and then what's next. And that's kind of like my struggle now is like, cause I, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer here, but I, for sustainability, I want to succeed. And I, even right. after I'm not part of the Giving Closet Project anymore and I pass over the rick to somebody else, I want to see it succeed. You know, I want to know that I left my mark behind. And so that's where I'm at. So for people who are interested, they've heard you talk about this mission, this movement, and maybe they would like to find out more uh, about the project, about you, about how they could support where would they go and what could they do? So you could visit www.givingcloset.project.org. Um, you can reach out to us through our website and or follow us on Facebook. Uh, we do are on Instagram, but we're more active on Facebook. But we're hoping to change that one day when we have a social media manager. You know, eventually we'll be on TikTok as well. I hear there's <laughs> a lot of great businesses growing on TikTok. Um, but yeah, reach out. You can get connected with me through messenger however 
but I would love to hear from you if you want to get involved, whether it's to give advice, some feedback, to some pro bono services, maybe a potential board member. We'd love to have you. Excellent. So check it out. Make sure to go there and you know, be inspired by this story. Jennifer, again, came with this idea. Like many other people <clears throat> have been told, oh, you can't do it. There's already other things out there. Well, you know, you, you sh it can't be done. There's too much red tape. But she persevered. She lit the fire be behind her. Push her forward. And if that's you right now that, that has that, let Jennifer's path and story inspire you to take an action. And whether that's launching your own thing or if that's not your where you want to show up, maybe even volunteering and getting involved with somebody like Jennifer's team could really be a way that you can contribute to making a difference and giving back. So sometimes you, you have that spirit and you know that this is something you want to do. Take that action. But if, if you're not quite there, do something. <laughs> Get involved. And you wanted to know like how it's changed or how it shifted. I mean, this all started mm -hmm. because of a girl, a student I had who was homeless and it, I saw the need and I saw a way of upcycling unclaimed lost and found. That is just mm -hmm. one small piece of what I do. Fast forward five years. I have now created an online referral program. So any teacher, counselor, social worker, family liaison, social service agency, any of them that deal with youth, pre-K through 12th grade, we have an online referral form. So we put together custom care packages with a week's worth of clothes, new socks and underwear, shoes, hygiene products, school supplies, and other basic essentials. And yeah, I mean, we get referrals and we fill them at our fulfillment centers and we get them delivered out to schools. So it's not just gently used or upcycled clothing. We, I had to work on building partnerships and building partnerships with retail manufacturers and other nonprofits to ensure that we have new clothing coming in too. So it's I've been exciting. Some, I've heard you've had some pretty cool um, donors and so contribute some amazing things. Yes. So what, um, so what are some of the organizations just because we haven't talked that much about that, that might consider, Hey, this is something that maybe I could get involved in. Like what, what are the type of uh, donors or, or sponsors that you'd be looking for? That give to us. So one of the mm -hmm. things at Upon Beach, we are partnered with in Jacob Shoes. So we end up getting from them a few times a year, uh, several hundred pairs of brand new shoes. And they'll drop off at our Palm Beach locations to restock as needed. Um, Presbyterian Social Ministries, they're like family to me. They're another nonprofit, Jacksonville-based, where, you know, they are the bridge. They have lots of retail manufacturer partnerships throughout the country. Um, and what they do is they give to organizations. Well, since they saw that I have a efficient system for filtering school uniforms into the schools, I am pretty much, I get all of their uniforms um, that come in. Uh, Bumba Socks. You know, that I was mm -hmm. connected with them through Family Promise originally, and now we get stocks directly from them. You know, and then even Community First Credit Union, we get organizations that do drives. If we're running low on hygiene products, they're like, what are your needs? And they'll put bins out at their headquarters and put 
you know, a list and in two weeks, here we go, or stocked back up again. But same things. I mean, it could be a youth group. It could be a Boy Scout club, a Girl Scout. Um, trying to think who else. National Honor Society students. You know, there's so many high school, not even just high school, middle school students who need volunteer hours for scholarship opportunities or whatnot. So even getting the youth involved, I think, plays a huge role in making sure our mission can live on. Well, definitely that is inspiring because just that one small idea with consistent, persistent action changed the lives of so many people and it's continuing to go on. Um, but just putting it in the comments to make sure that people can check it out, givingclosetproject.org. Um, check it out, uh, get involved, and be inspired to take new actions and achieve new results. Any final thoughts you'd like to share before we say sayonara? Any final thoughts? Let's see. You know what? If you have a passion, I say go for it. Find that grit. Go, go. You have to have that. You have to have that passion and drive. And maybe you don't have it today, but I guarantee if you dig a little bit, you'll find it and you'll get there again. So. No. Kenny, thank you so much for having me today. It was a pleasure. Thank you for joining, for sharing your inspiring story. Appreciate having you on Growth Amplifiers. Thank you. Bye-bye. To show your support, take a moment to amplify this message by sharing it online. To connect with me or gain more business growth insights, visit www.growthamplifiers.com. Thank you for your support.